What's up, everybody? The How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast is back. We're back. And we are so excited to be back with all of our super faithful listeners who I can only assume spent the summer going back and re-listening to every episode from season one and season two in preparation for what some are calling the best season yet. I, I, I would agree with that. I firmly believe that most of our listeners woke up this summer every day thinking, is this the day that they're back? Could yep. this be the day mm-hmm. in which they finally return? And when you're listening to this, this might be the greatest thing of your summer. Yeah. That we're back. Thursday, September 7th, year of our Lord, 2023. Year of our Lord. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that where so? we're at. That's where we're at. Uh, th- here's the thing about uh, like, you know, the year 2023, because everybody knows like, oh, that's, you know, it's the year zero is the year Jesus was born. So then we're in year 2023, was it except it wasn't like, I don't know who it was that decided like, yeah, that's year zero because that's when Jesus was born. But they, but then we figured out later that they were wrong, Yeah, which is just a big fat L by not like, not by like you a close margin either. Like you're three or four years off. Yeah. Like that's bad. Like imagine being 18 and being like, Oh crap. I'm I'm actually 14. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a rough day, man. (laughs) Or yeah. vice versa. Like, imagine being like, woohoo, it's your 20th birthday. Just kidding. You're actually 24. Yeah, you're 26. <laughs> now get off your parents' insurance. Ooh. Whoops. Uh, we are so excited for everybody to be here on video, on audio. We are back in business. Uh, you can find our podcast. Clearly, you found us somewhere. somewhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We are on Instagram at howNot underscore YP. Uh, but Derek, we need to, we have a lot to, to recap here Yep. Uh, in very little time. And yep. so how would you choose to recap your summer? I blinked and it was over. <laughs> that's pretty much how it went. That's, like That's what happened. I was literally talking to somebody this morning. I was like, the fact that we're recording this on August 31st. And my, my comment to him was the fact that tomorrow is September is actually crazy yeah. because I remember being from the Midwest, you know, corn is kind of a good indicator as to where you're at in the summer. It's just a big hunk of knobs, yeah. man. <laughs> and it it has it has the juice. <laughs> well done. That Thank was a, that was a great poll. If you're, you. if you're wondering what the heck Kyle no, is No, don't explain it. Just no, let yeah. them sit in their okay. ignorance. I'm, I'm, I'm great with that. If you haven't seen that video by now. Come up here. Come up to the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, all It's over. everywhere. So <laughs> billboards, commercials. Yep. Um, okay. But anyways, thanks for sidetracking. Hey, it's good to be Anytime. sidetracked again. It's good to be back That means you. the podcast is back. It means we're what back. It means. Yep. So uh, anyways... I remember driving home and there's a cornfield right by my house. I remember thinking, oh, cool. The corn's coming up. Summer's finally here. And now I'm like, corn's about to come out. Time to go kill stuff. You know? So it's yep. a, that's kind of how it has been. Uh, honestly, it's been really good though. I took my family to Wisconsin Dells. Uh, kids had a blast with that. And uh, church has been super busy, but super fun. Super great. And uh, yeah, man, it's been just a good chill summer, but insanely busy at the same time. Yeah, and super quick. Uh, that's I blinked and it was over. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say 
turmoil. Yeah, it's a good uh, word for for me. Derek knows. So uh, yeah, we are we are going through a lead pastor transition uh, here at our church, uh, and and we're gonna do we're gonna dedicate an episode uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, toward that specifically, uh, and and I'll kind of get into a little bit more uh, in that. But I also think it, it's it's a really good opportunity for us to kind of dive into like, hey, what does that look like? You know, like for us as the youth pastor, yeah. Uh, what what does that look like for us? Uh, you know, what can we do? Uh, how can we help? What should our expectations be for that season? Because you know, everybody. You stay out of church long enough, you're going to go through a pastoral transition. Yeah. Like that's just how it works. Uh, and and so it'll be. Um, I, I think that'll be a really good episode. I'm really looking forward to that. And yours was unexpected, so I yes. think that's a whole nother mm-hmm. layer of the transition of when you don't see it coming. It just it just adds some different variables that make it a little bit more precarious. Yeah, I've been at a church where you know the the senior pastor was going to retire. He had yep. been there for 30 years. Uh, and so they kind of had like a five-year plan, uh, you know, leading up to and and seeing through his retirement and that transition. You know, they were very prepared for that. Uh, you know, this is not the case here. Uh, it was it was uh, everything everything happened in a five-day window back in June, and uh, and and you know, it was like, all right, we gotta buckle we gotta up. figure everything out. Yep. Yeah, buckle up. It was awesome uh, because we we made the announcement to the church on a Sunday, and the next day at three a.m., I left on a mission trip, which was seamless with, and easy with, and with no 29 problems. High schoolers, and there were no problems whatsoever. I've we might I, I've thought about maybe dedicating a, an episode to that trip as well. Yeah. Because I've never encountered more logistical issues with a mission trip than than this uh, this trip that we, we did. We should it just was have an crazy. episode called Kyle's 2023 Summer, <laughs> and and the and the subtitle is Grab Your Popcorn. We could, uh, and I'm just gonna sit back and just then <laughs> just hear you tell the whole thing all over again. I we we I don't want to do that because I think that the the senior pastor transition yeah. episode would be a great one on its own. Yeah, but Derek's absolutely right. It's been just the weirdest summer, one thing after the other. Uh, I will say because we do two mission teams, we've got a, like a high school specific trip that's out of country, and then a six through twelve trip open to anybody that's much more local, and, and our local trip. Like I'll give a shout out to those kids because that was one of the best mission trips I've ever done. Uh, they killed it, completely bought into the vision. It was super awesome. So that was that was really fun. But the rest of the summer was uh, was kind of crazy. Uh, and now we're into football season, uh, coaching football. I, as soon as we're done uh, doing the podcast here, I've got to go and uh, oversee our our team lifting weights. We got a dub last night. Uh, beat uh, beat a really really good team, so I was excited about that. Uh, first game of the year, one and zero. So, football season, duck hunting season, man, we're in our element. podcast season. <laughs> this is fall is my favorite season, uh, and I'm only in seven fantasy leagues, so that's a win too. You had eight last year, right? Uh, I don't remember. Seven. That's actually that's impressive. Uh, and I have. I'll say this, and then we can move on. But it's a wide array of fantasy leagues, which I actually think the NFL kicks off the uh, the day that this podcast is that's releasing. Correct. So, yep. um, that's that's a win. But I I I love fantasy football. But this year is going to test me because I'm in a league with four teams in it. 
Like, like there's four oh, of us in yeah. a league. It's it's me, my sister, my brother, and my dad. Yep. Uh, four of us. And so we've come up, we had to come up with some crazy things in order to still make that interesting. On the other side, we do a league with our youth ministry every year. Uh, and it's a 20 man league. <laughs> there's six, 16 teams. Oh my in this God. League. I actually, I had to cut it off because I was like, at some point, quarterbacks really become an issue. Yep. Uh, with a 16 team league. And so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be something real interesting. So that's, I'm a little terrified. Managing seven is like a whole task in itself. You just yes. sit down and just Tuesdays, waiver days. They're going to be, they're going to be busy, but that's all right. So anyways, enough about our crazy summers. <clears throat> We're going to get into, uh, a, a really, really fun episode today. Uh, where we're going to try to save people some time and save people some thought energy, uh, which sounds like it involves crystals and it doesn't. <laughs> but um, what what we want to do today is talk about setting up systems that work for you. Uh, and, and the tagline that I had for this episode is don't waste time redoing things that you could only do once. Uh, you know, it reminds me going back to like when you're growing up and your parents give you a chore and you do it, but it was not to a satisfactory level. Yeah. So then you had to redo it. Now you spent twice the amount of energy and twice the amount of time doing that. Uh, and so there are some things in youth ministry, if you do it to a high enough quality the first time. You don't have to do it again, but I think if like you preaching, like preaching, <laughs> that is true. Um, if you do you the, one sermon and that's it, like if you do enough research the first time you give the sermon, you don't have to come back the next week and correct all of your mistakes. Right. <laughs> you can actually preach something new. Like, all right, guy, have you ever seen uh, what's the uh, PTI on ESPN? Yep, they always have a segment toward the end where where they go through all the errors that they had. Uh, during the episode. Sometimes they don't have any, but it's like, hey, you said this. Actually, it was this. Yeah. I feel like the youth pastors, if you're getting up there every week and like, all right, first we have to recap the errors from my last sermon. That's not good. You recap all your errors. All right, let's come to the altar. So let's just respond now. <laughs> I think this was a great <laughs> pattern of repentance. Yeah. I want to encourage you guys now to get in on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. And here, here's what I love about the, the title of this episode and the whole rationale is like setting up systems to work for you. Like I have personally stepped into uh, all areas of life where there's systems in place but they're not helpful. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're more, you're going through the motions, you're going through just the, the checks and balances just to say that you did it. When in reality, you're working harder just to go through the system rather than leveraging the system to work for you. And that's, what's the point of that? That's even more destructive. So I love like the whole heart behind this of like, if your systems are correct and right, they should be assisting you, not taking away from you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to take a little bit of organization on your part. Uh, but but I think that it, it can be really, really key. Uh, we're going to start small with, with the first example. You ready for this, Derek? It's going to blow your mind. Yep. Email templates. Oh, baby. What? Uh, <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's a super stupid and simple example. Yep. But I, I think that 
it, it would save it would save so many people so much time if they used a template. Like if you got a weekly email to your leaders that you send out, if you've got like a lot of youth pastors will do like a, a bi-weekly or a monthly or a quarterly newsletter that they'll, you know, effectively a newsletter, an email they'll send out to all their youth families. And if you can have a template for it, it does two things. One, it really cuts down on the amount of time you got to spend crafting it. But two, it visually gives people consistency. Like, hey, I email my youth leaders every week, kind of previewing the upcoming Wednesday night. If those emails always have the same format, the same structure, uh, even the same fonts, yeah, that's gonna that's pleasing to them. They, yeah. it, it helps them absorb that information. I would double down on that and say if you're like your your ministry is large enough to where I assume like if you're doing mass, you know, an events, reminders, whatever, where you're trying to remind students that, hey, such and such is happening tonight. You know, it might be a social media post or you might text students, but uh, we got we got to a spot where it was like, I used to just text students individually. Hey, so-and-so, try to make it personal so, oh, they, so, yeah, so yeah. they didn't feel like I was sending the same thing to everybody. But then I finally got to a spot where I was like, yeah, I don't care. You know, like just <laughs> like just copy and paste. You know, hey, if you really want to pick it personally, you can put their name in there. But a lot of times it's just hey, well, you can do. Uh, you know, there are there are some platforms where yep. you can you know plug in all your con all your student contacts. You type out the the text that you want to send, and then you add in. Uh, you know that each platform is different, but if you add in a certain string of characters, it'll automatically pull their first name from Correct. the contacts in. Yep. But again, like, you know, that's a great system to set up. Just copying and pasting the text is a great system to set up. Otherwise you're texting students for 45 minutes instead yeah. of taking five minutes to text them all at the same time. Yeah. At, at some point you got to ask if it's worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. All right. That was, that was just like a little appetizer. That one was for free. Yeah. That, that was a free one. You got to start paying for the rest. Uh, so go ahead and go over to Patreon and uh, support our <laughs> podcast. I was hoping you'd go that direction. <laughs> we, uh, we're we not on Patreon, so you're not going to find anything. But, <laughs> but go over there and just peruse and see what you can Maybe there's to. another podcast that you want to support. Uh, there's there's plenty out, plenty of good stuff going on on Patreon. You could just find one you like and throw five bucks their way. Not a paid sponsor, by the way. No. <laughs> Uh, we do not have paid sponsors. We still still are looking for some. Uh, so I have a couple, uh, you know, stuff from. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with another one uh, further down on my list here. Uh, we're not going in order, but uh, some of the events that we do as youth pastors, uh, doing those events more than once. I think can really help to to kind of get into a rhythm, get into it that like this own event is its own system. Uh, but one of the things I'd encourage youth pastors to do with that is after you do an event, all right, hey, we're gonna do a a guys camping trip for a weekend uh, with our high school guys. We're gonna go camping somewhere, be super fun. Uh, sounds like a blast. Hope it doesn't rain. Uh, but what you can do is I'd, I'd say like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, after that event is over, open up a document and write down a whole bunch of thoughts and notes like, Hey, what worked? What didn't work? What did you forget? Uh, you know, if you did this event again, the next time, what would you change? And the next year, when you go to do that event, open up that document and start your planning process there so that you can see, Oh, like we didn't get this 
camping permit in time. I got to make sure I do that earlier on. Uh, we completely forgot to bring any food. And so we just had to forage for berries. We should plan better to, to bring some food, whatever it is. Uh, I, I think that having ways where you can make your life a little bit easier doing some of those repeat events, uh, I think that can be real helpful as well. Well, and with the whole template thing, same thing. So like I, I was pulling it up as you were talking on my Google Drive, I have a folder that is event analysis. So I have all kinds of events in there. Uh, but I have a template where I, I will open up the most recent one and then just start erasing and filling in the details. So it's it's things that like are just generic boilerplate. So it's like date, time, uh, you know, was there a theme for the event? Uh, what time did volunteers show up? Other notable, just factual things that... They, you, like we, if you do an outdoor event, what was the weather like? You know, because like that, especially in Minnesota, yeah. that that yep. plays a, a factor into how the event went. Uh, you know, you start with all of the, all of the facts of the event. Uh, but then I have a wins. You know, because like sometimes you just forget what what the heart of it was. Like, what was the wins of this event? Yeah, and you write all those things down. Uh, and then there's areas for improvement, you know? So that's when you write down all the things. We forgot this. We should have done this. You know, if we would have done this event two weekends later, we could have avoided this big school event or school function, whatever it is, you know? And that that saves you so much time. Because like, if you do an event a year apart, so much happens that you sit there and you go, when did we do that? What did mm-hmm. that look like? Yep. And you spend so much time trying to recreate the wheel instead of just when you, like, to your point, when you start there and you can just erase and start going out, you know, even right here, uh, I wrote down every single place we put a flyer in our town for this particular mm-hmm. event, you know? So it's like, for you, when I hand out flyers to get handed out next year, I'm going to say, here's the list, highlight ones you're going to take and all those kind of things. So it takes a little bit of work on the on the back end of things, but it saves you so much time when you re- redo it the next time. So yeah, big, I like I, it. Big fan of that. Yeah, you're definitely not going to remember everything if you're just trying to go back a year. No, uh, to to remember these things. So highly encouraged. Take take notes right after an event. Uh, that'll really help you out. Uh, okay, so the heart of this episode, uh, there's there's two things that that we started doing with our youth ministry that really. Uh, you know, set us up well to in, in this department. It's setting up systems that are really, really going to help you. Uh, the first one is we have. You know the the language that everybody's going to understand is a Sunday school class. Uh, you know we have a, we have a class for our middle school students on Sunday mornings, uh, and it's basically like the first half is or the first third is connection. You know, with the students, I, I ask every single kid, like, hey, what was the best part of your week? Uh, the middle third, we dive into something in scripture. And then the last third, we play a game. Uh, that's the simple structure. It's the same every single week. I don't have to mess with that. Uh, but one of the things we started doing with it is we developed a three-year curriculum, if you will. Uh, that makes it sound a whole lot you know, higher end than it actually is. Huge binder but- that's got... Yeah, individual point in it. It's a map, basically, a three-year map where we can take our students through most of the Bible with this class in this three-year period. And so the first year is Genesis and Exodus. The second year is basically the rest of the Old Testament. And then the third year is Luke and Acts. And what that did, like the whole Old Testament and Luke and Acts— or a gospel and acts, like 
that's most of the Bible. Yeah. That's that's a great foundation right. uh, for this class. And like using common sense for our school district, middle school is six, seven, eight, and high school is nine, 10, 11, 12. You're not going to have a kid that is in this class with me for four years. Right. Right. Yeah. The, at the very most, they are in the class all three of those years and then they leave. They, they move on to high school. And so you can set up a three-year rotation and then you don't ever have to write something new for this class. It's not every week I have to write a new lesson plan for this class. I get to reuse stuff over and over again because it's new kids. That's one of the beauties of youth ministry. Like it's a double-edged sword. It sucks because all of your kids leave you eventually. And, and, you know, even the good ones that you don't want to leave, like they still graduate just like the annoying kids. Yep. But at the same time, you can recycle some of these things. Uh, You know, I wouldn't encourage you to recycle like a super culturally relevant sermon series. Uh, Yeah. You know, what I like. At some point, a sermon series comparing the disciples to Avengers is going to become obsolete. Mm-hmm. You know, be like 30 years from now, you got students that are like, I don't understand that. But if you base it off of the Bible, I, I think that you can come up with a great three-year plan. Yep. Uh, and then you can just use that over and over again. And you don't have to think about that part. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know, uh, you just kind of jog my memory and this might kind of go into something later, but, I think so many people worry about that originality piece that it feels like there, it feels like there's this contradiction where it's like you're spirit filled, but you also are organized and intelligent. And I feel like sometimes it feels like they can't mutually coexist. Uh, Cause like I remember being at a pastoral conference and uh, Doug Graham, who is now the interim NCU president, but was a professor at the time was talking about what you just talked about. And I remember there was this older lady who piped up and goes, sure is no room for the spirit to move in that. And Doug Graham like took a very like appropriate response. But like, I feel like that is an argument that people have is like, oh, I just want the spirit to lead. Well, it's like the spirit can move through organization. Yeah. I, there's, there's two things that I'd say to that. One, implying that the spirit is not moving in the the hyper organization it it's assuming that there's no consultation of the spirit when Correct. putting together yeah. the hyper organization uh you know like i have i have my entire like we're recording this in august for about 3 weeks now i've had my entire sermon series map laid out for our wednesday nights for the next school year correct now was there a lot of prayer that went into that? Absolutely. I also build in some breaks and some like, hey, we're going to put like just a standalone sermon here. Mm-hmm. And as we get closer to that, God's going to tell me what I want to preach there. You yeah. know, you're, you're building, you're, you're intentionally scheduling flexibility in there. Uh, and so I, I think that, you know, there's, there's still room for the spirit to move in all of that. The other thing is like, what I just laid out with this middle school class was 100% the Bible. Yeah. How do you get more spirit filled than the word of God? You don't. And and that that's that's my biggest thing is I think so many times it feels like the spirit speaking has to be this I'm just I'm just soaking, I'm just sitting and all of a sudden now, oh yeah, I kind of have this divine prompting. It's like 
yeah, that happens. He does that. But at the same time, he also speaks through his word. That's why it's alive and it's active. And so it's like, if nothing else, preach the word of God. Like if you have nothing else to fall back on, if you can't come up with something, maybe that's a very good place for you to say, you know what? We're going to open up the word. I'm going to teach the word. Because something we'll probably talk about and something that I've noticed in in our church and our youth ministry is there there is a hunger for the word right now. Yeah. You know, like the whole, let's come up with a culturally appropriate sermon series with enough energy and enough comedic relief and enough stories like... Students see through that at some point. You got you to have that. I'm not saying you don't, but at the same time, if nothing else, like the word does not return void. So preach the word, teach the word, like just bring that into it and watch how the spirit moves. Shocking how that happens. Yeah, I'll, I pulled up my sermon series map here for this school year. I'm gonna, we're going to get, we're going to come back to this conversation. Uh Yeah. Well, no, screw it. We'll just do it now. Uh, why not? It's our podcast. We can do whatever the only, we want. The only thing you were going to mention, I feel like, is your high school Bible study, which I'm guessing is the same kind of rationale yeah, that you have so with your... I'll, I'll touch on that, and then we'll come back to sermons. Because uh, So with our high school Bible study, we're doing something new with it this year, but it's kind of the same... It's the same idea of, like, I want to set up a system that is going to, you know, continue working for me so that I don't have to, you know, put a whole bunch of effort into it every single year. Now, you typically with these systems, it takes a little bit more effort on the front end to get it up and running. Uh, you know, like I'm talking about our three-year SALT map. Uh, sorry, SALT is the name of our our middle school class. Yeah. Um, with that, like it took a little bit of work to figure out, okay, here's you know, what I want to do with Genesis and Exodus. Cause yep. we don't go through every single chapter. Have you read Genesis five? It's basically the genealogy from, you know, Adam to Noah. Like I could, I could teach on that if I really, really wanted to, but with yeah. middle schoolers, that gets very difficult. Yep. <laughs> very dry, very quick. Especially on a Sunday morning when right. they're half dead to the world. And so <laughs> that'll be the ones that or the Sunday morning. We bring the donuts in first. Correct. Yeah. Uh, with orange juice. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> And so there's, there's intentionality with it. Cause you can't just, uh, you know, preach straight through. You got to have a little bit of, uh, like picking and choosing, especially, you know, year two going through the entire old Testament. Uh, we don't spend a whole lot of time in the book of numbers yeah. <laughs> or Leviticus. Uh, but with some of this stuff, I think it's going to pay off in the long run after you get it up and running. And so with our high school Bible study, we do that on Sunday nights and, with that, what I've started to develop is like a four-year plan. Because again, they're in high school for four years. You could probably, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, you could probably get away with like a three and a half or even a three-year rotation with high schoolers because there's a lot more turnover yep. with high schoolers. Uh, especially, you know, they really start getting involved junior and senior year, stuff like that. But anyways, uh, you know, licenses, they can drive themselves. Uh -huh. That's a game changer. Uh, but with our high school Bible study, what I've done is kind of alternate, like we want to do some book studies, like New Testament letters. Let's dive into Galatians or First Timothy and, and dive into some of that. But then also adding in like, hey, let's take, we're going to start this year doing a five-week series on uh, like different Christian denominations. 
Like what, where, what's the 90 to 95% that we're all the same. Yeah. And let's talk about the five to 10% that we're different. Yep. Cause a lot of our like students, that. their families go to different churches on Sunday and then they come with us on Wednesday nights. Yep. And so let's talk about, you know, some of the differences and pretty much every denomination I would say has some strengths and some weaknesses. And so let's like, there's going to be some personal preference in some of this, but what are the building blocks that you, at you know, you grow up, you move somewhere and you need to find a church. What are the absolute building blocks you need to find regardless of what denomination, Correct. you know, that church happens to be. And so it's, it's the same concept, uh, you know, with our middle school class and our high school class. If you've got like some, like a Bible study Sunday school type thing, I'd really encourage you, like, how long are those students with you? Let okay. Let's find a, a cyclical pattern that we can take. Yeah, yeah. I love Sweet. it, man. All right, back to preaching because I do want to talk a little bit about this. So, just to clarify, you do preach more than once. I do preach okay. more than once. Just want to clear that up. Um, I I try not to just have to edit my sermons from the week before. Uh, I I actually I went through and counted, and typically I've got about forty sermons to fill a calendar year. Yep. Uh, you know, there's some, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, our church doesn't do Wednesday night stuff. There's usually one, maybe two in between new uh, Christmas and new year's, uh, that we take off kind of depending on how the calendar falls. Uh, there, and then for us in the summer, we take all of June off completely as a church. And then in July, it's just a little bit more, uh, different programming. And so some Wednesday nights are a little bit more normal. Yeah. Uh, for us, like we just did a outdoor night of worship that doesn't involve a sermon. And so all in all, it's about 40 sermons. That does not include like, uh, if I'm bringing in guest speakers or stuff sure. like that. So there's 40 that I need to plan for. Yep. Uh, and so when it comes to, you know, filling 40 sermons in a year, that can sometimes sound daunting to Correct. people. And so what I would say is first ask the question, you know, is there anything that I should preach on of just about every year? Uh, you know, the vision of your, of your youth ministry, I think would be one, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally try and preach vision. Like if I'm going to do a sermon series, vision needs to find itself into a sermon at least once Yeah, per sermon series minimum, you know, like it, if you don't have the vision out front and your students can't grab onto it, it's mm -hmm. not going to take. And so you need to continue to preach on vision over and over and over again. Yeah. Vision, vision needs to be what, if it's, if it's not a sermon series, it needs to be hit on a regular basis. But even, yep. you know, even if it is, it should be hit on a regular basis. Yeah. But, but I like, I like to kick off, like for us at the beginning of this year, we're doing a four week series asking the questions, why do we do what we do? Yeah. And so, you know, taking some of the elements like worship, sermons, Bible study, our connect groups, why do we do those things? And, and diving into each one a little bit so that students understand, oh, this is the purpose of this. Yeah. Uh, so that they can lean into that a little bit more. Yep. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot. What are some of the other ones that like, yeah, we should preach on this every single I mean, year. I think identity needs to as well. Like I, yeah. I, I try and really hit... I. I not just youth either. I mean, now even being in a lead pastor role, I mean, identity is the crux behind everything you do. Like it's, you can even look at Jesus moving throughout the gospels. Like he, he spoke to the people and their identity and that's what informed their transformation. And so to me, 
you have to be talking to students about identity because their identity is constantly shifting. In this stage of their life, they are always trying to figure out who do I want to be? And it can it can shift on any given day. Like I right now I know a bunch of our dudes, like all they want to do is just be huge. Like, like that, like nice. that is their identity. Like they want to be gym rats who are like at the gym pumping for three hours, six days a week, slamming, you know, protein and creatine and all the other stuff. It's like, that's, that's our identity right now, you know? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying in this stage of their art, they're trying to figure out who they want to be. Yeah. And so you got to be preaching on identity every single year because as they get older, that's continuing to be a moving target for them. Yeah. I'd say, uh, Sex and relationships would probably be another one with middle school and high school, high school especially. Uh, that'd be a good one to to touch on every year. And you can be strategic. Uh, you know, vision. If you're going to do a sermon series on vision, the the beginning of the school year is probably a good time for that. Uh, you know, January, beginning of January would be another good one. Um, I, I would say, like for a sermon or a sermon series on sex and relationships. Uh, you know, the, the cliche is that they usually fall in one of two areas of the calendar. It's either Valentine's day Correct. or prom season. Correct. is <laughs> usually when they end up getting preached on. Uh-huh. But, uh, I, I would say, uh, I'd say that's another one. It, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's probably one that needs to be every year. Yeah. And, and to me, the only other one that I can think of, which probably feels like a relatively routine point, but I think it needs to be said, like, you got to preach the gospel all the time, you know, and, and, and death, burial, resurrection, and then outreach, you know, like you, you, that has to be the focal point. Like I, I don't know if you've, if you've experienced this Kyle, but I'm, I'm sensing more and more people who are like into behavioral modification. Like, like it feels like I'm going to church because I want to be a good person. That's great. That's mm-hmm. a great thing. Like that's a great motivation, but it's like, why do you want to be a good person? Well, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I should be like, again, good, you know, but at the same point, like I just feel like so many times we think that the gospel is so routine and fundamental that we don't need to preach on it when it's like, that's exactly why we should preach on it. You know? Cause it's like, that is the focal point behind everything that we do. And so uh, I just think sharing the heart of, of Jesus's death, you know, his resurrection and then the great commission, like that has to be something that finds itself in your calendar over and over again, every single year. Yeah. I like that. Um, what about every other year? What, what are, what are some things that like, Hey, maybe this isn't something that we should hit on every single year with our youth ministry, but something that like every, maybe every other year, uh, we could, we could hit on. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm writing some of them down. Um, you know, and, and, I think there's an important caveat here. This is where you as the youth pastor need to discern what, what these things are. Cause just because yeah. we think that they aren't maybe for our context and our time doesn't mean they're not for you. Um, you know, I personally think like, like the armor of God, like that's a super great thing. And it, it sounds, it sounds weird to be like, have a tier of things. Ah, you don't need to preach on this that much. Cause it feels like it's not important, but mm-hmm. my heart with like the armor of God is like, yeah, that's a critical thing to the, the, longevity of our students faith but i feel like taking a whole a whole sermon series to break down each individual piece uh you know if it if it's if it's preached too much kids kind of just are like yeah yeah i don't really i've heard this before yeah yeah you know 
the helmet and the belt. I've been there, done that. I'm just going to tune out now. You know, like I, when there's logistical patterns, I think they just kind of can tend to check out. So that's, that's the first one that comes off, off of my top of my head. Um, spiritual disciplines was, was one that I just thought of here. Uh, you know, that's, that's a great series. Uh, to, you, you could do it as, and a lot of these, you can go as in depth as you want. I mean, armor of God, you could probably do one sermon on each one, or you could lump it all into one sermon. Right. Uh, you know, spiritual disciplines would be a good one. You know, you have on here gifts of the spirit. Uh, again, that could be a whole year of right, sermons. For sure. Uh, you know, and it also depends. That's one where like, it depends on which list of the gifts of the spirits you want to go with. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, we're going to do a series one week for each of the gifts of the spirit. Uh, and there's 30 of them. So we're going to go a 30 week sermon series, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do. That's, that's maybe, uh, a little <sighs> intense. Yep. Uh, but that'd be going to the fruit of the spirit. Would be would be another good one. Uh, I I would argue that the fruit of the spirit is not as fun of a series to go through as the gifts, but probably more important. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, two other things that I thought of while you were speaking. The first one, spiritual warfare. Um, yeah. I think you can allude and, and explain that there is spiritual warfare happening, but to dedicate a whole sermon series, it's heavy, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it needs to be preached on. It can't be avoided. Uh, but, you know, just kind of, you don't want to scare kids away, you know, and, yeah. and something that I think is critical with this is where you preach these does matter. Uh, like you're not probably going to be preaching on spiritual warfare on your first kickoff night back, you know, like that there, there's some, subtleties with that. But then the other one, I think depending on the person, I think some people love to preach on this, uh, but sometimes it can be overdone. It's uh, like end time stuff and, you know, revelation. Yeah, basically it's just revelation. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. I think some youth pastors are intimidated to, to go into it because it is deep. It's intense. There's a lot to it. Uh, so don't let that scare you away. But at the same time, doing it over overly, too much, you know, and all of a sudden now you fixate on end times and instead of following Jesus, you're following what you think is the timeline. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just creates problems. So, yeah, I, I would say I, I like, I like that one being on the list. My preference with youth ministry is usually to do revelation as like within our, the context of our high school Bible study. Um, Cause there's some sixth graders that are going to, be lost on so much of that. You have to be very purposeful, yep. you know, to do it like on a Wednesday night. If you got sixth through twelfth grade, uh, revelation can be a lot. Well, it just takes time to unpack too. You yeah. know, like you only have a certain amount mm-hmm. of time and a sermon. At least you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to unpack it in its entirety, you can't unpack it in its entirety. But to unpack it to a level where you can actually grab a hold of something and take something out of it, it just takes too long. And so I, I want to echo that too. I think this is, I think of this as like a, a high school Bible study or like a, an intensive weekend where it's like, hey, we're gonna do like a, a, a youth retreat in house. You know, like we're just gonna go dive, deep dive into something and hang out, uh, whatever that looks like. But yeah, I think every other year is a, is a good metric for me. Yeah, I like it. Uh, one of the other you know categories of of sermons here, and and I'll, we're going to bring this all home to why we're going through this in a second. But uh, we were talking earlier about preaching through the word. Mm-hmm. Like, there's New Testament letters that I think are awesome to 
go through like with a youth ministry, uh, like, Hey, Wednesday night service, you know, you got Galatians six chapters. We're going to do one a week for the next six weeks. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple, uh, old or new Testament letters, like first and second Corinthians, Hebrews, uh, some of the ones that Romans a little bit longer, you know, you're like, Hey, we're going to do a 13 week series or 16 weeks going through Romans. That, that gets hard. Psalms. You get (laughs) 150 weeks. Let's go. Uh, that, that's a bad idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. I I will say, I just, we just finished a sermon series at our church called summer in the Psalms. Okay. Uh, And how many weeks? Nine. Okay. So we picked one Psalm a week and just kind of, you know, we just did, I, in the spring, I did a three week series, uh, with our youth ministry going through different Psalms. But again, yeah, it was one Psalm a week, but it was just three weeks. But I'll be honest with you by like week six or seven, I was like, I don't know what to do. Cause like, there's there, there's 150 of these chapters and they're yeah. all unique and they're all good. But like, it's a lot of the same. Yeah. God, you're yep. great. God, this sucks. God, I don't know where to go. <laughs> and, and, and you you hit these, these spurts where it's like, just read that like three chapters ago. You uh, know, I, I don't want to be that guy. But it's almost as if you are in charge and you could make the decision to just to mix it up, mix it up, I or know, go a different direction. The, the problem is, as you alluded to, I I have I have from now until the end of December planned out, and so yeah. it's like we were in this awkward phase of where it's like I could just stop this and do two standalones, but you know at the same time, uh, like it just I'll, I don't need to go into it, but basically it just it was I was like okay, like next year uh, we'll do something similar, but nine weeks is a long time to go. Yeah. So that's true. Uh, and you know what? I'm willing to bet that God still figured out a way to move. Shocking. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, so not every new Testament book should maybe be gone through chapter by chapter, but there's quite a few that are, I I think there's 17. Can you count that list for me? I think there's 17 that are six chapters or less. Uh, obviously you got like second and third John and Jude and Philemon. Like those are all one chapters. Uh, so that's a little, you know, 17. Yep. So 17 of these books in the new Testament that are six chapters or less. Why are we talking about all this? Because watch this. This is where math is just beautiful. All right. There are 63 chapters in those 17 books. Okay. So how many Derek, Using, I'm going to test you. You're on the spot here. Yeah, I usually a, fail at this. A student is in Kyle's youth ministry for a maximum of how many years? Seven. Seven. He's one for one, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> All right. If we were to find, like, we could find one more book of the Bible somewhere to add seven more weeks onto that 63 to hit 70 weeks. Yeah. All right. Yep. Which if you do, if, if a student is in our youth ministry for seven years and you have 70 weeks, that's an average of how many weeks per year in, in these books? Say that again. 70 I, I, weeks. I, I was like bracing for the math. You were going to be like, 490, 490, 490. <laughs> seven weeks. Yep. And we're going to split them amongst seven years that this kid is in youth ministry. So how many weeks per year? One. 10. Well, yeah, uh, two. Gosh darn it, Derek. 
<laughs> All right, he's one for two. He's one for two. Uh, Don't put so me on the spot. If a student's in your youth ministry for the full seven years, you could rotate through, do, do an average of 10 weeks of these books per year, and they would never hear the same thing twice. Yeah, I like that. The stuff we talked about that's like every year, uh, that's that you could probably get about eight sermons per year, like between vision and identity and sex and relationships and, and the, just, I mean, the true gospel, some different outreach things, like whatever your list is, I'm willing to bet between like, Hey, we're just going to do one sermon on vision, or we're going to do a whole series on vision. You could probably get eight weeks total out of the stuff that you want to hit every single year. Yep. We had a whole list of stuff that you could preach every other year. Uh, you know, different series you could go through with gifts of the spirit, uh, spiritual warfare, fruit of the spirit, spiritual disciplines, armor of God, revelation. If you take a four week sermon series and grab three of those topics, that's yep. 12 weeks. Yep. All right. Add on the 10 weeks that we just talked about with those new Testament books. That's 20 of the 40 Wednesdays that you got to come up that I would have to come up with a sermon for. And so I just cut my work in half for every single year going forward. Well, according to your math, eight and 12 is 20. <clears throat> ah, have- darn it. Yes. This is so satisfying. <laughs> oh, that so more than, more than half. That's you, 30 of the 40. 30 of the servants. 40. And yeah. th- this is what I wanted to end with as a final thought. Like <clears throat> I think, and this is something I've learned this summer you are doing a disservice to your youth ministry if you're the only one in your pulpit. Absolutely. You need to share that thing with obviously the right proper counsel, pray that through, but put a student in that pulpit, put a youth leader in that pulpit, bring somebody outside of your youth ministry to be in their pulpit. They need to hear somebody other than you and you need to have a week off to recharge, mm-hmm. to pray, to process. Like you are doing your whole ministry a disservice if you are not putting other people in that pulpit. Well, and on one hand, like, yeah, go on vacation, right? Yeah. But then also like have a Wednesday night where a youth leader preaches, but you're still there. And that's that's the thing is like, I uh, just bring you into our, our context here. I kind of had like this, this internal struggle not long ago because uh, my youth pastor, Riley, was scheduled to preach a message for me a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I uh, uh, totally apologize for cutting you off. I apologize even more for being late on this. But good friend of the show, Riley. Good friend of I'm the I'm a little show. rusty. This is the first episode <laughs> back. But great friend of the show, Riley. And he, and he has a history of kind of getting overlooked on this he podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, so Riley, uh, uh, yeah, go back and listen to, uh, I don't know what episode it was. It was our we year had, end episode. We had, we had, uh, end of 2022, we had Riley on for back to back episodes and it was, uh, just, it was, I believe it was actually, uh, so it, so it was the end of the calendar year that we had him on for two episodes, but then our last episode of season two, when we went back and shared our favorite memories from each episode, I believe it was uh, one of our memories was Riley getting overlooked. Riley getting overlooked. So, <laughs> so oh, that was great. Yeah. So he he came in and spoke for me on a Sunday that he was planning to. I uh, like I I'm speaking at a men's retreat in September, so I intentionally built in time to where I was like, I just need a week where I'm not sermon prepping, so I can sermon prep ahead for that men's retreat. Yeah. Well, the next week I am sermon prepping, you know, for now I'm going to be speaking again. 
And another one of my staff comes in and says, I more, I'll give you the short version of the story, but more or less, I kind of feel like God to put this on my heart. Just wanted you to know that. And I'm like, do you want to preach it? And she's like, yeah, you know? And so she preached it. And, but I have this internal dilemma of, you know, like, cause our, our previous pastor, he, like he would just kind of go on vacation for like four weeks at a time in the summer. So like he was just gone and like, it just really like some people in our church was like, where are you? You know, like we need you here. But something my wife pointed out, which I think relates to you as the youth pastor, when you as the youth pastor or the lead pastor are in the front row supporting other people as they speak, that shows the students that like, that that's the standard, you know, like this is a gifted anointed person who God's put a message on their heart, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to listen and support. And so like kind of get off your high horse. Don't have this Messiah complex and put someone in your pulpit that is not yourself because it will benefit you and your students and your ministry. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, I'll say, you know, I I've been on staff for seven years now uh, at, at the same church and it's been awesome to, you know, see fruits of, of longevity. Um, I have probably, so we do a youth led Sunday once a year. Our youth ministry takes over Sunday mornings. Our youth team does worship. Uh, either myself or a student will preach outside of that Sunday morning. I've probably been asked to preach maybe five times on, on Sundays and seven years. In, in those seven years, which is not inherently you know Bad. too much or too little, yeah. but not one of those five was the senior pastor present. Mm-hmm. Like it was always like, Hey, they're on vacation, like need somebody to, to preach. And you know, that obviously they're going to go on vacation. And so, you know, that's, uh, you know, you, you have to have somebody step mm-hmm. in and preach there. But it, like, if you're a senior pastor listening to this, your staff notices that, mm-hmm. you know, your youth leaders, youth pastor, your youth leaders notice if you're always asking them to preach when you're not there, it it's so much, you're placing so much more value on them. If you are asking them to preach when you are there. Yeah. That was not at all what this episode was supposed to be about. No, but, but, it's, but it's that a good was point. really good. Yeah. Because like the, <clears throat> the reality is, is like, if you, if they're, if all they are is your backup, yeah. That's all they're going to have value for. Like Chad Henney. <laughs> Chad Love Henney. It. Like he is yeah. the backup to Patrick Mahomes. To to me like the most incredible quarterback yeah. of all of, of our current day and age. Like and he just sits there and holds a clipboard. Yeah, you know, and so like don't make your youth leaders feel that way. Like obviously they can yeah. step in and do that but give them some value. Yeah, give some empowerment. All right, we got to wrap it up here. I I thank you so much for coming out premiere of season three uh, for the podcast. Uh, set up some systems that, that work for you. All right. On behalf of Derek, it's been a pleasure. I think it's about time that we go watch the kickoff of the NFL season. Goodbye. Goodbye.